I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast. Not for our last monument of the season, second last, such an odd year. Harry Roubaix in October. We may never see this again. Thank God it's at least happening here with Benji as always, after the World Championships, we've had a little bit of a break, but so so odd, I guess, having a Flandrian World Champs the week before Paris-Roubaix with all the big actors uh, coming to play at Paris-Roubaix pretty much as well. Uh, Benji also just watched the Euro Metropole Tour, so check him out on Twitter, I guess, for his reactions to that, if they're at all relevant. <laughs> it's I, the most I was- boring tweet ever. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I think you're right when it comes to like a week before Roubaix, but it also makes it feel more normal because we also have RVV a week before Roubaix normally. So at least it gives some kind of Flemish feeling towards the preparation True. of Roubaix. True. And as always, this show is supported by our show partner, LaCole. Now, I'm not sure when we'll get the men's YouTube up. We always get it up on podcast players a bit earlier. For those of you lucky enough to be listening on podcast players, Joss Loudon is going to break or attempting to break the women's hour record tomorrow on Thursday, the 30th of September. That's supported by our show partner, LaCole. It's at 4 p.m. British Standard Time, 5 p.m. European Time. It is on LaCole's YouTube channel, which we'll link down below, as well as being on Eurosport Play, and I assume GCN as well. She's wearing the McLaren Project Aero LaCole skin suit in her record attempt. And so, yeah, I can't wait to see that. I think she's got a break, 48.008 kilometers, and, yeah, I just it, tune into that. It's on free to air on digital or Eurosport, etc. So good luck to Joss Loudon tomorrow or catch the replay if you're watching this afterwards. And thanks to Nicole for supporting the show. But Paru Bay, can't wait. We, it's been like 900 days since the last edition, which was won by Philip Gilbert when he was back on Quickstep before that three year deal at Lotto Sedala a lifetime ago. 260 kilometers long. We have 31 cobbled sections the first of which comes 98 or about 97 kilometers into the race, uh, Benji, before we get into the start list, before we get into maybe some of the mo- uh, you know, the, some of the key points of the race and riders to watch, why are some sections five stars, some are three stars? How, as the Belgian cobble specialist, I know these cobbles are in France, so you refuse to go there, what, why are cobbled <laughs> sections not all created equally? Well, it's because uh, some cobbled sections lie better than other cobbled sections. What do I mean with that? Cobbled sections that have been worn a bit, as in like more cars or vehicles have ridden over it, might be separated a bit more. There might be more space between the cobbles. They might be uneven, so that one part of the road is much harder than the other. It might just be that the cobbles are not really uh, in a straight way lined up on the road. And as a consequence, it's much harder to ride some of these cobble sections than the others. Also, the distance of the cobbles is important. We've got some cobble sections that are like, I think like 200 meters, and then there's one with 2.3 kilometers. So a bit of a difference there as well. So that 
also defines some of that aspect. And next to that, I think that cornering and so forth might have an influence as well, but that's probably just me thinking about it right now, because I would expect that it's a bit more difficult to corner on cobbles than it is on a normal road. And as a consequence, one that is more technical and has more, well, more shady corners will be tougher to ride on. And I think Godfrey de Larbra has quite a few corners. And as a consequence, yes. next to being a harder cobble section, when it comes to the cobbles lined up on the road, it's one of the harder cobble sections of this road. So I think that's an indicator. And some people might say, well, the riders that do RVV, those are the ones that are doing well here. Yeah, well, it's kind of true, but it's also not really 100% yeah, true because you've got hills there and that has a huge influence on RVV. And the cobbles in RVV are, in honest opinion, easier because obviously Belgian roads are much... No, it, it probably isn't true, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> that statement is not true. Well, no, when it comes Arundo, to cobbles in RVV... It's literally not a road. It's literally yeah, like... True. If you've been seeing on Twitter what the friends Amid uh, Paris-Roubaix are having to do to Arenberg, that is like savage stuff, whereas like, yes, yeah. the climbs are steep, the Benji are referring to the Moor. It's hard because it's a cobbled climb. But yep. these guys hit – you see them hit Trouet-Arnberg. Uh, they hit it at 55 k's an hour. You don't hit, a, you know, going up a cobble climb in RVV at 50, 50 k's an hour. It's a different experience, the fatigue in your lower back. Um, it's just, yeah, such a different race. And we're going to be talking about names you might be surprised by at Paru Base. You don't hear that often. Uh, but, yeah, the cobbles – I think let's going through the parkour in a bit, bit more detail, Benji, we'll go through the four and five star sections. First four star section is Kevier uh, Saint-Python, Python? I don't know how you pronounce Python in French. Kevier Saint-Python. Okay. Uh, that's in a collection of about five cold sections uh, before there's a bit of a break uh, before I think the hardest next sections, there's lots of three star sections. I think it really will kick off at uh, Avlouis à Wallers. Trouet-Arenberg and then the Valos are at Elesme sections. There's a four-star, five-star, three-star, then the Ornang à Vendigné. Jesus, these are tough. <laughs> is this even French? Uh, yeah, I'm afraid it is. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you think Trouet-Arenberg, Benji, 2.3 Ks, five stars. There's a 2.5 K Valos section just before then. Is that where you really think the race is going to kick off? Well, firstly, you might have a breakaway already up the road before we hit these cobble sections. But usually we have at least one rider or something that tries something on the Trouet d'Arembeck. Now, sometimes it's just a tempo by the peloton going over it. And that's why I think some Roubaix have launched a bit later than other occasions. In 2016, for example, there was uh, a group that rode away on Trouet d'Arembeck with Tom Bonin in it, riding towards the breakaway, which had Heyman in it. That was a spectacular Roubaix. But that proves that a group that rides away on through Edarenberg might actually make the race happen. And despite all the cobble sections afterwards, that was a crazy bloody race. And that means that some might attack on those earlier sections, like that through Edarenberg. Some might wait until Mozan Pavel with 50k to go, which is also a five-star sector, just like through Edarenberg. And then finally, we've got another one that is in the latter part, Carrefour de l'Arbre. Usually the race has opened up already by then, but that is a place where someone who's really strong compared to others on the goals could try. So, for example, Van Marke often tries on this sector because he's one of the best cobblers out there, just has a lot of bad luck and uh, a lot of crashing happens when uh, he's on the road, unfortunately. 
But I think those are the three sectors that are the most important ones. Yes. I do believe that the race will have someone doing something on three-way dynamic. And I'm looking at the kind of Victor Campanart's person for that. Like such a ruler that has the ability of getting uh, in a group of people ahead at that point, then we'll be able to keep on riding for quite a bit. And I can't remember it fully, but I think that Von Summeren also won by riding away quite far. So it does show that a, a far launch could end up with a success in this race. And that's why some riders might choose that over uh, keeping themselves in the wheel of someone that is uh, a Wout van Aert or a van der Poel if he starts this race, for example. And Van Summer in 2011 win a very similar profile, I think, to Matthew Heyman, sort of rider. You know, he not a prolific winner, won three races, including that in his career. He also went clear from the Chalangi group on Carrefour de Labra with 17 Ks to go, with Cancellara only 25 seconds behind him in the Port Huchold group, I think. And yes. the crowd, the motorbikes, everything can play a factor in Paris Bay, a mechanical at an inopportune the weather. time. The weather this weekend, apparently, it's going to be not just rainy for a lot of the course but also uh very windy tailwind at the start if there's tailwind cross tailwind at the start benji plus rain this will be absolute chaos uh i think and hopefully it's not like hopefully it's actually safe for the riders but looking at the arenberg section on what i've seen and if that's wet that could be absolute carnage and make this a real a real lottery and positioning make it even more important is it we're now getting close to the three-day forecast. Is it almost 100% we will have some rain? Well, I'm not a, a weatherman, not yet. Uh, but I do believe that it's very, very likely that rain is happening on both Saturday and Sunday. So during the women's race and the men's race. During the men's race, it's now forecasted as a, uh, let's take a look, I think 28k an hour wind speed, which I think uh, is uh, quite notable. And, 28 uh, meters, meters per second wind speed. I thought 20 meters per second wind speed. Probably this like tweet is wrong. 80 count hours <laughs> gusts, <laughs> which is very fast. <laughs> anyway, we're neither we're not meteorologists. Clearly, <laughs> yeah, we have no idea about the weather. Um, anyway, we get into the favourites now by the betting and at the corporate bookies. Uh, before we get into some team by team analysis, the favourite just as he was for world champs. We discussed the tactics of the Belgian team at nauseum there as well. Van Art, $4. Van der Poel nursing, not in good condition, or peak condition rather. He said that himself after World Champs. He said, I didn't have the condition to do some of my usual dumb attacks, uh, which is a shame. $6, second favourite. Sagan is third favourite at 12 Mads Pedersen, $15 at fourth favourite. Seneschal. We'll get to him. Yeah, exactly. The disrespect. <laughs> First quick stepper is fifth favourite, Seneschal at 15, who made G1 on the weekend, Sturven sixth at 17, then Asgren 19, Lampard 19, Stieber 23. So quick step are fifth, seventh, eighth, and ninth favourite, then Niels Pollard, the second Bora rider in the betting after Sagan 23, then Van Baal after the strong showing at Worlds is shortened to 26, Degenkolb 29, former winner, then Valgren. After <laughs> resurgence, 34, Christoph 41, Morich 41, Kung 41, Garcia Cortina 41, Colbrelli 51, who's never done Paris-Roubaix, by the way, Van Mark 51, Philipson 67, he shortened. I've actually had a fair bit on Philipson. Turnison 67, Simmons 67, Trenton 67, Taco, who's locked for top 10, 81, Damar 81. <laughs> Finally, Heinrich Hausler, multi-top 10 at Paris-Roubaix. 
at 81. Where's his teammate Seberg, Benji, who came? It's Marcel Seberg. I'm going to put some money on this before uh, before it shortens. He's 1,001 to 1. He came top 10, I think, in 2019, was it? Or was it back in 20? 20... I think 2019 <laughs> was DNF. Okay, where did he? 39th in 2018. I'm looking, man. I'm looking for you, man. 17, 2016. He's 39. He's <laughs> retiring at the end of this year. Seberg, he's the Van Summeren or Heyman of this year. Okay. <laughs> but how do you think about those favorites, Benji? Are you surprised Quickstep have no one in the top three? Hmm, I think that it's definitely notable because I would dare to say uh, that Osgren is underrated for this, personally. We saw him at the start of the Worlds on the attack group that Remco was in at the start, and he was totally battling it out on that. I think it was the biggest trot the first time they went on it on the first Flandrian section. He went extreme ham, and the entire group could barely follow his wheel. And if he does that on a flat cobble section, on which I'd argue on flat sections, Osgrin's probably better than on a hill. So as a consequence, I think that he's definitely underrated for a for Sunday, Kasper Asgreen is one of the ones that I've got my eye on as a rider who could genuinely win this race. And it's also because he has the Koenig surrounding him. People forget that in cobble races, that's important. And there are sections in between cobbles as well, where a group could ride away or a rider could ride away. Wasn't it not Sagan that rode away just before a cobble section or after a cobble section at some point? The year that he won, I recall it not being on a cobble section. So stuff like that can happen. And it's whoever responds or doesn't respond that might actually decide the outcome of the race as well. And the Koenig has the ability to kind of play a few roles there. Lampard, Asgren, they've got Stibar, who was great at the World Champs as well. So, yeah, I'm looking at a strong team there, and it's kind of surprising. But on the other hand, Wout van Aert and Vanderpool, those are names you've got up there. Vanderpool is a bit more uh, not sure, I think, when it comes to uh, doing well at this race, knowing his potential back issue that we aren't sure about whether it's going to influence the race much or not. But I do think that Sagan is a He's too short. Too to short. Me. Yes, I agree. I think to, for him not to make that G1 when Nitsola makes it at Worlds, that's a concern to me or Seneschal. Yeah. And just like what Benji was saying about, oh, well, you can go clear, not necessarily on the cobbled sections. Conversely, if Asgren has an issue, and G1 is 15 guys with Lampart, Stibar, and Seneschal, they'll sit in and wait. And then who's going to take up the pacing? So it's useful in a defensive role. You've seen in previous, I think, RVV or E3, when Wapanat has an issue, his teammates are behind with him, and, qu- and then other teams are pacing at the front, and he's sort of in defense mode, and that can cost him the race as well. I like Turnison for this a lot. I think Turnison should be good at Paru Bay. He's obviously let yeah. out Wapanak Champs Elysee. But I just want to really hone in on Quickstep, really, like, really focus on them. I think they have clearly the strongest team in the race. I think De Klerk, I think we almost underrate De Klerk because we haven't seen him in his current sort of level at a Paru Bay, in my view. I think De Klerk can go deep into this race if they don't use him too early. Uh has got a lot of experience. Stibar look good at Worlds. I just think Quickstep are going to try and get three, four guys in a group of 15 or even less, 10 guys, Benji, early, and then work them over. That's what I think. Um, yeah, remember uh, E3 where they went very hard on our thing. thing. I think Thionbet were something, one of the earlier climbs in that race. They went extremely hard on it, and they made sure that the group that got away had multiple Quicksteppers in it, and they were allowed to, uh, well... Yeah. 
make that tactic happen. And that numeric value over the others, that numeric advantage is what gave them the opportunity of keeping up those attacks with Osgrin also doing so and ending up winning that race. So that's what could happen here. And do you think it could be as early as through it Arenberg that they make such a move? Yes. Or do you think that, okay, interesting, I, I like that. So. They, ha they should. They shouldn't wait till too late. They should put pressure on MVDP, isolate him early. We've seen, Benji, once Wout and MVDP are on their own, Gen Wevelhem 2020, Worlds to a lesser extent, but same principle yeah. last week, once they are on their own or even with one teammate, you've you got to start working them over and you can send riders in ones and twos up the road. You know, if you send Stibar with Hausler, you know, they might not get away clean. They might bring a guy with them. Like Sagan brought Dillier with him or caught up with Dillier. Like you can still live with that if you're Quickstep. I think, yeah, I think Quickstep will open it up very, very early and put a lot of pressure on the Umbo Visma team, which is Afini. Enghorn, Turnison, Van Aert, Groenewegen, Timo Rosen, Nathan Van Hooydonk. Afini's done one Paris-Roubaix in 2019. He did finish. Uh, he should be okay. He's 25, young guy. I think Enghorn's a young guy as well, Benji. Has he done Paris-Roubaix before? He's done I, two. I uh, would be surprised. Did he do two? He's done two at 24 years old. Holy crap. Yeah, I did not expect that at all. Finished both as well. That's, like uh, and he should be able to finish both to be honest he's been riding relatively well on the cobble races he was uh i think in the second group where uh remco was in again in the in the worlds and i think that cobbles are his skill punchy cobbles also work out but if it becomes too punchy then he has trouble so this might be very much uh ideal for him as well and i i gotta be honest i agree with you on turnison to be honest like this man broke through on this race i think I swear he got a top 11 or 12 in 2017, or was it 2018? 11, 2018. It probably was 2018, okay. And, and, and 7th, 2019. 7th, 2019. Ooh. Yeah, He's very I feel good. like that's a, a very uh, long rider when it comes to betting odds, despite having such experience win. on this race and having the ability of doing these longer races and being able to keep up. Winning is a big thing, but he's got that sprint that others don't have, so if he can, can keep okay. himself in a group like the way I think, did Dane Gulp win with Solo or was it in a group? Sprint. If it's a sprint, then Turnison can do so, but I, th I think it's going to be uh, less likely to be a group sprint, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, and even so, like Matthew Heyman beat Tom Bonin in a sprint, which Benji, you know, has nightmares ah, about. Bonin was beat. blocked in, come on. So, I think he was. Clean sprint <laughs> had every opportunity to get around. <laughs> yeah. He just, Heyman just way too fast, peaked, peaked was at 900. Um, Anyway, I think the Yumbo Visma team, did they bring this team to E3, Benji? Because I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh, I like it. Groenewerk and I don't really was see Was Turnison not injured at some point? Was he back already at E3? I'm not sure. I can't tell. E3. I don't remember him being at him for some reason. You're right. Benji's right. That Vinance instead of Turnison and Decker there instead of Groenewerk and at E3, I think I think it's a stronger team for Wout van Aert here. I just... Um, if it's raining, etc., yeah, he probably should be the favourite. I just – is Wout van Aert – people keep talking about it, Benji. I don't want to go too deep on the world champs again. Ooh. People keep saying best one-day racer in the world, uh, elite classics rider. We were saying before Worlds, do you, do you really you really want to bet everything on Wout with Thrino Remco in that condition? Um, I'm not sure he's like – Cancellara level. I think Sven Tor 
however you say his name, the Belgian coach, he seems rather <laughs> nice. Nice. It's Pete Cancellara. I love Wout. I love his versatility. I love his TT. I think he's the best time trialist in the world, which people don't agree with. I'm not sure. I know. I am sure. He's not Cancellara 2012, 2010 level rider. Um, so how do you see a race for him? Do, would you like to see as a Belgian fan him actually try Sagan solo, Gilbert solo, use that elite time trial ability rather than relying on the sprint? I think he would need to find a way to make the group that reduced that having a sprint is not a disadvantage when it comes to people attacking him and him having to close the gap every time. So I think he has to force it at some point to make it that he's got people with him that might be willing to ride for a bit longer on cobble sections with him. Ooh. And, and that's apart a from MVP, Campanarts will always ride. <laughs> <laughs> if he's in a group with Quickstep, they will work him over. We, yeah. they, he ha- I think his best form of defense is to actually go clear. We saw at Tokyo when he got back into that group. Not a criticism, he just got over Makuni, but the fact is no one's going to the finish with him. And we'll see that at Roubaix too, even if it's Degenkolb might work with him, I think. Someone like Degenkolb would, but yeah, I but think he's desperate. Him- <laughs> Sagan won Roubaix after people had been sitting on Sagan in classics for the previous three years by going solo yeah. or at least getting into a much smaller group with a guy like Dillier who was yeah, happy to come second. In Sagan's race, I feel like he didn't have the slight luck that nobody in the group responded to it. Like he was getting a gap and nobody responded to it. So... I think that's less likely here, and I think that the Koenig will always be in his wheel at some point if he tries to go clear. And he has to be one of the stronger riders to be able to drop them. But let's be real, we have never seen a peak Wout van Aert nor Vanderpool on these roads. Because in 2019, Wout van Aert did this race with, uh, well, still at Jumbo, obviously. <laughs> Lotto Winnell back in the day, I think. And I think he crashed or crashed twice even. He crashed and then tried to come back and crashed again. Then he got to close to the front group or perhaps back to the front group. And then he blew up because he has spent so much energy trying to come back just in the last parts of the race. So I think that we could see likely a better Van Aert in that year. And as a consequence, if he was already that strong in that year, compared to some of the other races he was in that year that he was not as strong as compared to last year and this year, for example, I think that we might not have seen the best of uh, Wout van Aert at Roubaix before, certainly, and therefore can't judge him completely because this is CX territory. Like, if definitely if it starts to raining, it's cyclocross territory. Thunderpool and Van Aert and all those kind of people, Merlier might even come into play also. at that point. Yeah, half of Alperson <laughs> will be there. <laughs> can they can they sub in fit of uh, Volsleben in now? Anyway, we should. <laughs> wow, please go solo and have Mike sitting on in a seat behind with the Quick Step team. I think I think that's the best way to go in my in my view. Uh, Alperson, he'll probably win a reduced bunch sprint with, against four Quick Steppers now, like standard at Omelette. Anyway, Alperson, no, it's a hard race. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Al- it's it's a hard race, and his sprint is a bit worse in in harder races. Alpha and Art in my eyes. <laughs> yep. And therefore, Asgreen will probably beat him on the line. <laughs> probably. Or Stibar or Tip de Klerk. Uh, Alps and Phoenix, <laughs> I think, is the third strongest team in the race. I think their team is being slipped on a little bit, mainly because these guys might not have ridden Paris-Roubaix before, but I think they have the ingredients to do well at Roubaix. I think Sylvain Dillier is second to Sagan, but mm, I wouldn't say he's a consistent route. Like, I wouldn't say, oh, 
Diglier top 10 again, not sure about that. But Jonas Rickart, heavy boy, good seated power, lead out man. He's done Roubaix twice, terrible results. But um, <laughs> I think he's better now. He, he's done well, dwells dual head Hagerman two years in a row. Um, so that's obviously an Antwerp port epic. I just, I like Rickart here. He should be better. Uh, they also have Yanni Vermeersch, Oscar Rizabic, who got picked ahead of Taco Wells and DNF to, uh, with 190 Ks to go. Senna Laysen, don't know who that is. Tim Merlier, Jasper Philipsen. Is he? Okay, Matthew van der Poel. Merlier, Benji, does he have any chance of making this round? I think that he has a, a decent chance to be in a, the last 25 riders remaining in the race. And he might surprise because I think that on most of the parkours when it comes to cobbles during the season, even in the 1.1 classics and so forth, the ones that he has trouble on are the ones with hills. And He, he I hates think, hills, right? He hates yeah, climbs. Exactly. And I think the fact that there's no climbs on this parkour, except for like the gradient of the cobble section or the, the cobble itself, the 2% gradient from the start of the cobble to the, uh, to the last part of the cobble, I think that's the most of elevation you'll have. And I think he'll like that. And I think that's going to be in his benefit on this parkour, definitely. So... I would uh, count him in for the for the action. Yes, yeah, so Phillips and I think can win this. I just I think he's a mini Dagen Cole. He's I, on a f- four race winning streak. Um, yeah, I but just... <laughs> which races? Mate, the big ones: Championship Van Vlaanderen, Eschborn, Frankfurt, <laughs> Grand Prix de Dena, and Classic Paris Shawnee, which is on the same day of Worlds, and everyone should have been watching instead of Worlds, but. Seriously, though, I think he is a he won Shelter Price, which is not as hard as this. But if there's wind, he made the splits there. I think he is a rider whose sprint is not as affected. I have little data for this at all. It's completely speculation. I just think he likes a hard race. I think he might, won't mind the cobbles. And uh, I just like Philipson a lot for Roubaix. As, I think did he win? Of course, Paris-Roubaix Juniors is like count means you probably terrible at the seniors. Did he do well at the juniors? Probably. Um, Philipson or? What are we talking he, about? Philipson fourth at Paris-Roubaix Espoirs behind. Yeah, but I DeWolf. think like, <laughs> I think he podiumed or like top five to two of Espoirs and one junior, if I recall correctly. Okay. And he won Paris Tour Espoirs. So yeah, I like Philipson a lot for this. What do you think their strategy is, Benji? Is it attack with... MVDP and keep Phillips and Merlier in a seat with quick step chasing. I think that's I think that's the best option because if you try and have a, cons- I just worry that if you don't attack early with MVDP, he's just going to be the wrong place before a sector. He's going to be a hundred wheels back before Arenberg, and you know that's the end of his race. Do you think? Well, I don't think he can attack before Arenberg. <laughs> in all honesty, but <laughs> Mate, I think he, he will. will be attacking uh, early. <laughs> I'm not sure it's going to be Arenberg, but it would be a. Uh, his type of riding if he attacks already there. The thing is, with the team they have, they can afford to go with one of their riders that early on, I would dare to say. So um, I think that a Vanderpool early attack is expected on this race. If he's in form when it comes to his back, because cobbles and back pain doesn't really <laughs> go together. You said that on one of the earlier podcasts we had this week. And uh, yeah, to be honest, I think that an early attack is possible. That's for certain. Oh, yeah. So they're a really interesting team to watch. I hope Matthew Vanderpool's in great form. If if you told me MVDP's back is not is functional, I'd, he'd be my pick to win. But I just, I'm not convinced about 
is back yep. at the moment. Uh, let's go through some of the other leaders on other teams. So the Sagan and Perth Benji, they're supported by Sharkman, Jordi Mose, Os, Bodnar, Sagan. I have to say it's not a good team, apart from Pollitt and Sagan. I, I really don't see... I, yeah, I don't, they're going to have to be fighting for themselves. Do you think Pollitt top 10? Do you think he can win? He's obviously become second here before. He looked good at uh, attacking, I guess, at Worlds. What, what do you expect from them? I think Pollitt has been decent uh, the last two weeks. Like you mentioned, Worlds was relatively good. He was top 20, if I recall correctly, just behind the, uh, well, just behind, five minutes behind the front of the race. <laughs> um, but in all honesty, I do trust Pollitt more than Sagan at the moment. And I don't know what it is that causes me to say that because Sagan dropping in the races that we've seen him drop in recently might be because of the hills as well. So yeah. we don't know whether that's either the hills or just him not being at the level he was in the past, which is likely also the case. But is it still enough to be in the last elite group? I'm not certain about it. And I do think Pollitt will be in that group because when there's no hills and there's cobbles, Pollitt will be there. He's someone I expect to be in a group of 10 or 12 who will start to get worked over by Quickstep, frankly. Um yeah, that's. I think Pollitt should be up there. Lotto Sudal bring Frison Vermeich, Florian Vermeich, Harry Sweeney, Gilbert, the last edition's winner, Grignard, Tosh van der Sander, who's actually in good form, going to Lotto next year, and John Degenkolb, former winner as well. Degenkolb came close at Eschborn Frankfurt, World's DNF, Deutschland, a bit disappointing. Um, I don't know, Benji. I just don't see that their level being being high enough and them having the team to really bring them where they need to be. I like Sweeney, but it's a lot to ask of him. First edition of Paris Bay, I actually think he's a good profile for the race, but because he was in that move with Pollitt and Irviti in the tour. But yeah, just do you expect Gilbert is experienced enough, Benji? Has he shown you enough just top physiological level that his experience can help, you know, fourth at Brussels, ninth at Driven course? I think in Roubaix it certainly helps, and I do expect him to be uh, decent on this day, to be honest. And I, if I gotta be honest, I think that Degenkolb can also do a top 15 in this race. Because we saw last year that once he starts getting those top 10s, he also does it on the big races. And that was the case at RVV, top 10 last year, top 10 at top 7 at Hintwevelgem last year as well. So the talent on Cobbles is not gone, and I think it's also the hills that are starting to get troublesome for him and we saw that well Gilbert Gilbert in 2019 was at a decent level but on hills he was getting in trouble and it was basically in the actual full-on cobble race Roubaix where he come out he comes out and uh, actually is able to win so it was an attack I think that happened also on a section between cobbles if I recall correctly where he tried to uh, bridge up towards Paulet and some other guy or attacked with Paulet and some other guy well, it was in the break earlier on in that race, if I recall correctly. So, um, yeah, I think that choosing your moments comes with experience as well. Being able to time it perfectly, know when you can attack in a group, certainly. Angel Bear has had quite a few uh, moments in his career where he had the right moment to ride away. And that wasn't that RVV he won. He decided to go very early, but he probably knew at that point that if he goes there, then... He's got a big advantage from that point onwards, and he's always going to be at the end of the race. If the peloton catch him, he can latch on to it. And if he goes early with someone on this group, it might be the same situation. But uh, 
I think that Day and Cole will play it more defensively. Um, but I do expect him to be decent in this race. I think this is the one race where riders who look washed on hills might actually perform very well on flat cobbles. Knowing how to ride, where to ride on the co- a certain cobble section, being positioned correctly at the front of the race for the right sector, that can make the difference. Say he's lost five percent of his watts, three is three to five minute watts. Dan Cobble, Gilbert, you you see all of that on the hills. On a three minute on a on a Kalberg, you see all of that. But on a, a cobble section where they're saving it compared to a rider who's stronger, who doesn't know where they don't ride on the right section of the road, they ride on the slower section or the slower side yeah as ben you said experience can help and that's where i want to go to israel startup nation benji they've over raced in my view seth van mark at races which didn't suit him at all like where's he i don't know why he's doing volta burgos um this year maybe to tune up for the the, the welter he's got 64 race days he was third at omelet fourth at the cement fifth at tour of flanders i think a lot of mediocre results at races that didn't suit him clouds the fact that this guy is still an elite top three top five cobbler in the world 33 years old at roubaix he has a record of fourth sixth fourth eleventh fourth second i think He's with Guillaume Bovin, Canadian on Israel, came 17th at Worlds. Mads Schmidt in good form at Worlds. Tom Van Asbrook, Jente Bermans, Norman Vatra. Not the strongest team, but not a terrible team either. I think Van Mark, if he doesn't have his characteristic crash, is a lock to make the final selection of, say, five to eight guys. Yeah, I think so as well. Uh, I think he will be in that group. But again, Van Mark will likely puncture at some point in the race, knowing his luck which sucks because I feel like he would have had much better Palmares if he didn't have that bad luck every single time. Is that bad luck at this point or is that a consequence of riding in a certain way? I don't know. Um, I'm just punctures. asking. <laughs> yeah. Drop perhaps chains. You... I, I blame riders for drop chains. Uh, yeah. If it keeps happening or happens at a certain moment, punctures, I think you've got to blame the manufacturer <laughs> if it keeps happening. <laughs> Who was the guy that had three the other day? Is it Uno Extra? Rasmus Tiller. Tiller, yeah. Um, they're not here, by the way, you know X, which... Um, well, yeah. French race, so they decide the wild cards, and as a consequence, I don't think you know X is very in- interested, interesting for a French organizer, and as a consequence, they're not here. It's I think shame. in Belgium, we are more uh, objective when choosing wild cards, <laughs> and as a consequence, we choose teams that will show something in a race. And I bet you, if, if you know X is here, they're riding at the front of the race at some point in the race. Mate, I've seen plenty of races with Topswell, Vlaanderen, Heraldsberg, and Nürnberger, and the you know, sort of teams at the front in uh, Belgian classics. But yeah, going on to some of those other other teams now, Bahrain Victorious, speaking of experience, Moritz and Colbrelli have barely done this. Milan as well, the young, big lead-out man, Italian. Uh, but now we go, and same with Fred Wright. But Seberg, Hausler, and Haller. Hausler is unbelievable at Paris-Roubaix. They have all the experience. I think Hausler... I still don't know why he wasn't picked for the Australian team. I'll, I'll put, I've got to stop mentioning it. Are they good enough to make it, Benji? Bearing, and are you surprised Dylan Turns isn't here, who made both the Belgian team last weekend and uh, was good at RVV in groups with Haller, with Alaphilippe Asgren? Is it, is it something to do with his hand is broken or something? Uh, turns or what? Dylan turns? Yeah, I thought Dylan Turns like broke yeah, his he, hand. Yeah, uh, he he cut his hand in the evening, I think, just before Worlds. So he had trouble holding his steer during the race. 
Um, I think that's what reserves are for, but probably wasn't as bad considering he was able to ride that race completely with uh, his hand on his steer. But uh, I think it's more troublesome when you ride in Roubaix with uh, a hand that has a <laughs> huge wound in the hand palm. So the worst place to have it at. So uh, I think that's partially a reason for that. Next to that, when it comes to the team, I uh, I think it's impossible to guess whether this uh, happens. But if there's one person in the peloton, that is going to be the Heyman of 2021. It has to be Heinrich Hausler. And uh, that's why? disrespectful to Hausler. Seberg is Heyman. Hausler's good. <laughs> well, is he still? <laughs> At the start of the season, four Vomlo, but yeah. An entire peloton was there. So it was a sprint that did it, really. Looking at RVV and such, it was top 20. So that's decent. But I think it benefits him that this is flat compared to RVV, which had the hills that might make him uh, have more trouble. I think that when it comes to Hausler, hmm. Uh, I think he'll animate the race. He'll be at the front of the race at some point animating the race. Whether he actually comes top 10 or not, I'm not sure. But I think I, at the start of the season, he was prepping for those cobble races with doing cyclocross in the off-season beforehand. Yes. And I've noticed that he was racing a few uh, low-key cyclocross races, I think, in, in Germany itself. I'm not sure about that part, but he rode some cyclocross races. So perhaps he was trying to use that again as a as a preparation for Roubaix, which could end up helping because uh, he apparently said at the start of the season it was helping him a lot in the cobble races and it's something that every rider should try and do if they can. Track Segafredo, Quinn Simmons, his first edition, Muzz Pedersen, who unfortunately wasn't able to do Roubaix when he was in the World Champs jersey. Big target for him. Edward Turns, Kiel Rainen, who I think is retiring, Alex Kirsch, Jesper Sturven, Ryan Mullen and Toms Schgerns. I think Sturven is the strongest rider on that team at the moment. But, of course, Pedersen is someone that nobody wants to go to the velodrome with. Um, I just don't like Pedersen's shape at the moment, Benji, to be honest. I know he crashed on the weekend, but, yeah, I think Sturman's there, man. Is he strong enough to get into G1? Maybe. I was pretty surprised about his, his sprint at World Champs as well. Uh, has he done well at Paris Bay before? Uh, Steven, I yeah. would guess he has, Fourth, but... Yeah, he has. Yeah, Fourth and fifth. Uh, it's something that really fits him. He's got that flat quality to keep on pacing for quite a long time at a high, uh, at a high speed on cobbles. And I think he's one of the better ones in the peloton, even if I have to look at that ability compared yeah. to others. I think that Peterson comes into play there as well. I think that Hills are a, a big no-no recently for uh, Peterson this year, at least. In the World Champs that he won, it was on a hilly parkour. So it's kind of, kind of surprising looking in a... Looking back at that, but he's had some years where he was great at climbing, some years where he was worse, perhaps because he was trying to get his sprint a bit more uh, proper in the last two years. And we've noticed that that sprint is still there. I think he came top five or something uh, most recently in, uh, was it today in the Rometropole? I don't even know. But he was sprinting decently, but I I think that if it rains, he gets 50 watts bonus. So. <laughs> And it's likely to rain. I think Peterson will come into play a lot. I think Steven will come into play a lot. These are riders that will likely be there unless they get caught behind because of a split and they have someone in front. So if Steven is at the front, then Peterson will be locked up in prison in the peloton or in the elite group behind that um, as a consequence. And I think that will perhaps destroy the chances of some riders in the peloton just by having a teammate up front. 
so that they can't really uh, ride the race anymore in their own favor. Another rider I like on EF education, Nippo Jens Kukulera, who did that fantastically out for Magnus Court. I think he's come sixth probably like six years ago. Mitch Docker's last Roubaix. They have Langeveld, Ruch, Bissiger, Beppu, Valgren, Logan Owen. Not a deep team, but Valgren is in fantastic form. Uh, I don't think we need to dwell on them too much. As you deserve, Citroën, Scher, Gais van Hoche, Dreg van Avertmark, former winner, Tuze, Oliver Narsen, Lawrence Narsen, Stan de Wolf. I think Stan de Wolf is in showing me a lot this year. I think he looks very good. I don't expect – I don't know. I think GBA can make G1. He came third at Tour of Flanders, but he had to sit in a fair bit for that. But otherwise, at Kern eighth, Omloop 33rd, E3 sixth, Duas Duas seventh. I think you should still – like it's not going to surprise me if he comes top 10, Benji, but do you really do you really see Asia Tour like even going for podium here? I think they might have more chance at getting a a good thing happening with the Wolf than Nasen and Van Avermaet here, personally. I would kind of expect the issue that Van Avermaet and Nasen always have is that they miss a split in, in a lot of the races they are in. And them being both on the same team helps them getting into the right split at certain points. We saw that at, uh, what was that race, E3, where they both made the split but uh, then didn't really work too well together. And as a consequence, they messed up on immediately responding to Osgren there. But if they can play together on this race and they can figure out a way to perhaps have Nasen do the uh, early attacks or Van Avermaet do the early attacks and try to get in groups that way, they can get ahead of things. And the Wolf could play that exact same role because I would rate the Wolf relatively high on this parkour. I think that it suits him very, very well. And... Uh, he might be one of the surprises we see in the top 15 of this race. But uh, next to Ajazer, I've got another French team, Groupama. And in all honesty, Kung and Demar, I think that if we don't put Demar on a pedestal and say, this guy could do well here, then we might be underrating him because I do expect Demar to be better on this race than in all the other races we've seen all season. Because uh, I think he's done very decent Roubaix in the past. He Top 10 ones. Um, yeah, exactly. And therefore, it wouldn't surprise me if he does something like that again. I um, don't think his level is that high this year compared to other years, but I still feel like he's kind of getting somewhere in the worlds. He was uh, relatively active and getting in uh, groups with, uh, was it the first or the second group he was in? He was certainly active in that race. So I like that part. Yeah, I think he he's always a sort of surprising classics, but I don't really see it too much. Even Stefan Kung. I think people may be expecting to be really good at Roubaix. He's come 11th last time. Yeah, it's just so tough for Kung to win. He has to go solo and not be chased down by anybody to state the obvious. Other experienced teams, Ineos, Oandol, Gianni Moscon is good at Roubaix. Kwiatkowski, Fulcro, Dylan Van Baal's the one, though. Dylan Van Baal, he's won Dwarves Duo with a long solo. He was very strong at second at World Championships. He's experienced. I think it's a good team. I yeah, I actually think Van Baal can win, Benji, honestly. I think he's the sort of man who he still gets underrated because he's yep. so often in a domestique role that maybe people don't immediately react to him. But he's a huge engine that's tough to bring back. And I think Moscon, Kriato, and Roe especially. I remember Roe setting up Stannard once into a sector years and years ago, maybe 2015. It sort of gives me chills, that video. Um, yeah, I think I think Van Baal podium is a very, very 
big chance. Yeah, I think it's a, it's an option as well. I thought he had done a decent Rubey in the past, but I can't actually find it. So kind of disappointed in that aspect. I think I expected more of his previous Palmares, unless I'm absolutely blind. But um, I think he's the kind of rider that might go in an early move once again and be in that early group and might be surviving that early group. And then it's a matter of people trying to catch up and perhaps catching him, perhaps not catching him. And that might come into play. I think that's the kind of rider we're looking at here. He could also stay in a group and ride with that group. But I think he's much more known for making an early move just before the action pops off. He does the same in RVV a lot of the time where he tries to attack just before the uh, most important climbs, but just before the outer Quartamon path red combo to try and get away. I think he did it in the year that Peterson got second, if I vaguely remember that at some point, uh, behind Terpstra 2017, I think. Um, so yeah, that's the, the type of rider I expect this man to be in a Roubaix, but the rest of Ineos, I think that it's a relatively strong team, and Pitcock is not riding this, just to be clear to people, and um, I'm kind of sad that he isn't, but yeah, I think it's a uh, cyclocross season for him coming up, so that's the reason. Other sort of, let's get more into the long shots, Delco, they have Siskovicius, uh, who came top 10, I think, in the last edition, not a name people yeah. might be Yeah, and the year with. before he was lost, I think. <laughs> Or just DNF'd, something like that. It was a huge story when he actually got his top 10 because of that. Because <laughs> yeah. he came out of nowhere from that bad result to a great result, you know? He DNF three of the four before. At Team DSM, they've got Arndbold, Echoff, Cantor, Cranderson, Sutherland, and Casper Pedersen. I'd like to see a lo- Echoff needs to show a little bit here, I think. It's supposed to, it's why yeah. they signed him. Uh, Team Quebecer, I obviously like. Uh, Volscheid should be, he's a stereotypical guy. You'd expect to be good at Paris-Roubaix, right? But he's 28 years old now, not a young rider, but I'd like to see him. Guys can get better later in their career with more experience. We've glossed over Ineos. Ghana's not doing it because of track worlds. He's 25. I think experience at Roubaix helps a lot. I think it's a shame not to see him do it. Campanats also on Quebec, who Benji has mentioned. Do you actually think Campanats can top 10? I think Campanats can podium this race. Oh, I think he can be the kind of rider that stays on for much longer than you expect. <laughs> I don't see it. Uh, I don't it might see it at be all. A, a wild, a wild guess, but he's third on my podium. Movistar have brought all the big guys they've signed in the recent years, like literally tall Matteo Jorgensen, Matthias Norsgaard, Kala, the British rider Yuri Holman, even Garcia Cortina, Emmanuel Erviti, who's top 10 before. I think Erviti, Erviti, I'd like to see him top 10 again. I think he's their best option. Intermarché, Emir de Gent, some other riders, and Taco. Uh, uh, Taco, I think, outrageous he wasn't taken to Worlds. He's in incredible form, second head to head. Campanarts and Taco are similar. Yeah, Taco, Taco wins. E1 on the <laughs> Gompanard's won a Giro stage, mate. <laughs> Against Riesbeck. He shouldn't have won that. <laughs> Taco won Omnug, then had Holland, Mittelkirk, Lechtevelde. Okay, big race. Right, he won that. He came yeah, second. Yeah, mate, it's, it's like 15K from here, mate. It's it's the top <laughs> of the crop race, races. Every race is 15K from your house in Belgium, apparently. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. I'd like to see how Taco goes. But my big dark horse for a top 10 is Connor Swift on Arkea Samzik. One throw Broly on. 
He's 25, coming into his own. I, I liked him following at Britannia Classic where he came fifth and he could have done better if he rode a bit sort of more conservatively. I really want to see Connor Swift do well here. I think he can. Any, any other really low-key yeah. names, Benji, you like? Yuri Holman will, uh, will be the kind of rider from Movistar that is going to be in the breakaway, Erviti style, and is going to top 20 this race. He is uh, 22. He's got serious talent. He uh, top 20 Tour of Britain, but that's not an important result I'm looking for. Last year he was 30, uh, was he top, top 30, I think, if I recall correctly? Or was it 2019? Let me check. 2020 Bing Bang Tour. What am I looking at? I uh, remember just seeing a result of Bing Bang Tour on this guy. Or, oh, I'm looking at Jorgensen. That's why I can't find it on him because <laughs> I'm looking at the wrong rider. Last Mate. year, 36th on the Herardsbergen stage. Okay. And this year he's been getting closer and closer in other races. He hasn't found that actual break trend. I think the trouble that he has is the hills in the normal cobble season that makes him unable to really kick into that top 50 position. And I think going into the break Arviti style, like Oliveira in the past as well, that's the kind of way that this man could uh, get a better result than expected. I'll be interested to see how Christophe Laporte goes more from a how can he go at Yumbo next year with Wampan Art perspective, as well as who was I about to mention? I've lost it, Benji. Uh, Ludovic Rabit. He'll be in the break for Bengal. I hope he won Danila Nocker Cursor, he a Koli race. I think he's he's a good option here uh, in a break. He's someone who could also get our sort of top fifteen from the break style rider but that's all the main names ad nauseum my view on the race is that quick step will break it apart early they'll get numbers in a group and then i know it's cringe but they're going to try and do the they will do the wolf pack thing where they send riders one by one and bleed the other teams that's the best way in my view to beat yumbo visma because if yeah and the counter is peak mvdp there's not much you can do if he if he's good enough to ride away with wealth and art then you're stuffed uh because even if you put a rider with them they'll still turn to the line. But I think Quickstep will win, and my pick is Florian Seneschal to win. And uh, second and third, third Asgren, second... <laughs> the entire team of the Koenig. <laughs> second Stefan Macher. Okay, I'm going to go for um, Asgren winning. So also the Koenig winning, that team advantage is big, but I also just think that Asgren is one of the perhaps three best cobblers we have in the world right now. And he might even be the first. Best cobbler. And I guess we're going to see it on uh, on Sunday because uh, he's the one rider where I see the possibility of genuinely just simply riding away from everybody on a cobble section of his entire peloton. Asgren gets into a group with Seneschal and Sepp van Mark or pick a name. Not not a Degenkolb level sprinter, just a you know, classic-y guy, as you'll yeah. or someone. Do they ride for the Seneschal sprint? Um, depends on who's there. It's a hard question, isn't it? Is Wout van Aert there? No, then... no, 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 no. It's not someone. I mean, I mean, someone like Sepp van Marker or Trentin or a two Sturt, riders with one Sturt. rider. No, 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 no. Someone one right, two quick steppers. Yeah, one classicy guy, bit of a sprint, but not a Wout sprint like a Sturven. Oh, they're gonna try and attack with. Asgren, and they're going to do what I think happened in that um, stage where they got away with Honoré and Cherny together with uh, oh, competitor yeah, yeah. They, they Julian wrecked, Bernard. And Julian Bernard was fucked. <laughs> he was, he was strong, though. But he, yeah, but he was fucked. Yeah, 
and they uh, Wolfpack ate him alive. Came one two across the yeah, line. Yeah, because they can both beat, li- likely beat uh, Avon Mark in the sprint. Trenton will probably not beat her at that point in the race. Nah. So that example is useless. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's say that someone like oh, if it's a sprinter there, and then they're going to probably just actually just attack one by one and they're probably going to get away that way not gonna lie because yep. you can't keep responding if you're that one rider that is left i really hope the yumbo visma t- uh, classics team elevates the way i think benji and i think they actually might be quite good with turnison i think that would be really good to see with turnison added he wasn't there in the spring as benji said and that would add a different dimension to the race as well as uh, yeah, Moliere. But that's enough about Asgren and Cobbling. Benji, what's your full podium for this Paris-Roubaix? Okay, so uh, I said it before, Asgren in first, but when it comes to second, I have to go for the meme himself, Heinrich Hauser. He's going to do it. He's going to podium Paris-Roubaix. He's honestly probably <laughs> even going to win it, but uh, I'm not that hot when it comes to the takes today. So Hauser might not win. I don't want him to win because I tweeted, I think, in March that if he wins that I need to... Uh, somewhat dye my red hair red so i'm trying to avoid that situation so ideally he's getting second in this race and the third rider i said it before Campon arts i uh, don't know how <laughs> but it's happening mate it's happening <laughs> benji speaks memes into reality uh vulgar and third at world champs he was powered by the benji prediction so maybe Campon arts at roubaix um yeah i think yeah I can't wait to watch it. It's been it's 900 days or something till, uh, since the last edition. And yeah, I'll have highlights on my main channel. It's an ASO race. Obviously, I'll have highlights, both the men and women's. Now time for the first ever Paris-Roubaix Femme preview. Benji, the first ever edition of Paris-Roubaix Femme, 117 Ks long. We have 18 cobbled sectors, but the, I think, thing missing which I don't necessarily disagree with, is the Aremberg section and the um, Avaloui Valeurs section. So we're missing that five-star cobble section. Is that necessarily a bad thing starting in Dana, or do you think that maybe it'll keep the race a bit together uh, in this first edition? Yeah, you're right. We've got through that Aremberg not on the parkour here right now. And, well, we basically have the men's parkour divided in half because the men's parkour has 30 cobble sections this one has 17 and it's the last 17 of the men's parkour which means that you don't have the initial run-in that is basically everything that goes towards the true edarenberg including the true edarenberg and we basically start at the 17 sector from the end so uh that's 13 in in the men's parkour and that's ona wadini and uh, that's not the biggest of sectors, so don't expect too much from the initial part. Although we don't know, because we haven't seen it before. We might see someone opening up at that point in the race. But uh, I think it's going to be a bit later for some people. Uh, nonetheless, we do have the most important sectors afterwards. You mentioned it already, Mozan Pevel and Carrefour de l'Arbre. But also plenty of sectors in between that are four-star, three-star, two-star, and are going to make this race an absolute attrition race. And... Uh, yeah, parkour-wise, I kind of like it. What's your take on uh, Trui Darenberg not being in it? I think it's fine. I mean, you don't want to... I think you want to make sure the race is tight and competitive for the first edition rather than overcooking the parkour and then 
it's you know one rider solo i'm not sure i don't that's not what i want to see personally uh but onto the start list we obviously have the big names are van vleuten voss longo borghini lotto Capecchi, emma norsgaard malvin reusser uh kasha nuviedoma ellen van dijk cecilia ultra ludwig and lorena Weber's benji who we rarely see she, she doesn't like a hill Vivas, but she is the quickest woman alive uh, in a sprint. And just like we, I said with Philipson for the men's, uh, you know, and Demar, you always got to look out for riders like this or Gripel at RBV. But starting with the DSM team, Benji, I think it's a weird place to start, but I do want to start there. They got five for Georgie, Suzanne Anderson, Florty Mackay, Lorena Vivas. No Lippert, no Rivera. Is that surprising to you? Vivas, no Rivera. I don't know. I um, I think that Wibbles is the better choice when it comes to uh, what a profile of a rider is when it comes to Rubé usually. And Rivera does have the experience of doing RVV quite well, obviously, from her history. But the RVV cobbles are different from the uh, Rubé cobbles. And it's the hill aspect that plays a lot in that. Rubé is going to be hardcore just being able to eat those cobbles for 17 sectors. And I got to be honest, then I would rate Weber's potentially higher than uh, Rivera personally. But what's your take on those two riders comparatively? It's one, it's a comparison that, you know, made me think, I don't know. Like we're doing a preview in the dark <laughs> here. We've not no data on how the women's peloton goes on flat cobbles and this quantity of cobbles too. Uh, in a race, yes, we have RVV, we have some cobble climbs at Hannah Faberham, but Paris-Roubaix is, is very different. And I don't know how many cases of cobbles we've got, like 30, 25 plus. That's different to RVV, as, as you all know. So Yeah. And like when it comes to how the women will approach this race, it's going to be different as well. Because you would argue that there's going to be some that are going to say, I'm, I'm not sure I will be able to survive all these cobble sections. I might need to go early and go on the early cobble sections or an early move that gets me into a group ahead. While... There's people that will be confident in their cobble ability that might stay along for the ride a bit more and then launch it big time on Monzon Pavel and expect to be able to catch a group that is already gone at that point. Or do you think that it's just going to be the peloton just riding like crazy and whoever's left at the end is left at the end? Well, let's look at, say, the rider that might want to go along, but she's got a teammate there who's fast too, Movistar, and see how that might affect the race. Van Vleuten on Movistar, she rides one way which is attacking a lot uh whether it's for better or worse often it is for worse if you look at amstel on her trade teams i'm not just talking about international events amstel on Kalberg. Uh, will she attack early i'd say so will that put pressure on her teammate norsgaard who is the fastest rider on that team probably i mean norsgaard I've got to say I was a little bit disappointed in the road race. I'm not sure if she crashed or something that I missed, but, yeah, she's not had the form I expected in the latter third of the season, to be honest. Uh, maybe she's just going to an Olympic road race that never really suited her, but I had her as a top three favourite for this race when it was announced, given her Brugge de Pana result, given her speed, given second Sheldon Price, uh, which was behind Lorena Vibers, who's the fast woman alive, beat Balsamo there. Yeah, I just think, I don't know where a form is at. What would your plan be if you were Movistar Van Vleuten? Who is the strongest rider in the race? No AVDB here. Um, or am I discounting Voss too much? What do you mean? Strongest rider outside of Movistar now? Or 
strongest rider in the race who you have as your favorite or should oh, be I'm favorite in the at, betting? Uh, three, fa- three riders that I'm looking at for a potential top three here. And that's Van den Broek Black at Team SD Works that I'm like, okay, this fits her to the bone. Ellen van Dijk also, in my opinion, fits her to the bone. And then the third rider is Lisa Brenauer, who has had, like always, like second and third positions on cobble races this season. RVV, second. Ken Dwebelchem, third. And then if you look at Omlop, seventh. We look at... 2020, we have second in OxyClean. That's not really 100% gobbly. RVV fourth there, third in Hienwevelgem. She's really unable to like get that one victory the last two years. And I feel like this might be a, a race that completely suits to her to the bone because she's an amazing time trialist like a Roiseris. But the difference is that I feel like we've seen much more from Bernard on cobbles than from Roiser so far. I like Kopecky a lot for this race. If there's a race that's supposed to suit a lot of Kopecky, yeah. who uh, I, know I don't always like and we don't always do uh, comparisons between the men and the women's, but first edition, she reminds me of a Degenkolb or a Christoph style rider in their peaks, um, maybe even a bit of better climb, a better punch. And, yes, she's consistent throughout the classics. One of the men, fourth at Daniela Nokerkosa, fourth at Brugge de Pannes, second at Jan Weibelheim. It... The climbs didn't suit her as much at Ronda, it seemed. One Belgian national champs road race. Yeah, I really like Kopecky for this race. The question mark for her always is the team, both in international events and here, although Alison Jackson is very strong. It's not as deep a team as, say, an SD Works, as Benji no. mentioned, Shanta van der Broek, Black, you know, Cicchini, Jolene Bora, Majerus, Peters, Lonica, Uniken. They are the quick step, the right team that can play multiple cards with Peters, Majerus, and Cicchini. Well, Jolene Bora, Benji, also uh, someone who I don't think likes hills, but is a good, experienced classics rider. Yes, certainly. I think it's also one of her last races. Isn't she yep. retiring? I'm She's not retiring sure about this it. Year. Okay. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, sad. But SD Works, you're right. My question surrounding that is more that I'm not sure how much the SD Works team will be able to fight for this race as a team. Because obviously in uh, in other races, they're able to go one rider, then another rider, then another rider. But I'm not 100% certain whether that will be able to be achievable on a Roubaix parkour. Sure, we've seen it in the men's races with the Gunning, but I've also got the feeling that Roubaix is kind of the one where when it comes to like sending one rider ahead and other people responding, that usually you do get a response from other people and it's the couples that do most of the deciding. And I feel like that's why DSD Works effect might be a bit less of a thing on this race, but I could be completely wrong on that. Well, I don't think so. They're missing uh, Pig van der Breggen, who seems to have dialed it down a little bit second half of the season. There's no Demi Vollering either, which is somewhat surprising, but she's had a long year as well. Um, yeah, I think going to a, a rider who is almost uh, crazy, we haven't mentioned her in full, the Yumbo Visma women's team with Anna Henderson, very strong, Rihanna Marcus, very, in very good shape, and... Uh, of course, Mariana Voss, the GOAT. Why doesn't this suit Voss, Benji? Cyclocross, multiple-time world champion. Yes, she's a little bit lighter, but if there's someone who can handle the cobbles, who understands positioning, who I think was in fine form at the world champs, frankly, I just, I've already spoken about Netherlands tactics, and she's got the punch, not someone you want to go to at the finish, 
surely she must be considered a top three favourite. Um, or are you just rating the heavier riders like you mentioned on the cobbles over her? I don't know. I feel like when it comes to cyclocross, I look at cyclocross with multiple disciplines within the sport of cyclocross. You've got the sand pit where riders have to like match their way through sand. You've got the parts where they have to go onto punchy uh, ramps and be able to do that faster than other people. You've got uh, well, the muddy sections and just the basic cyclocross parkour you have, and that is leaning more towards being supportive for cobbles. I could be wrong, but I somehow, because of all the stuff we've seen in the road races that Foz is doing, that she leans a tiny bit more towards the bunchy side of things and perhaps benefits so much from those bunchy sides that she's able to do a lot on these hilly classic sense of four of on the road. And I'm not 100% convinced about being able to stay with a Vandenbroek block that is going ultimate ham on the last cobble section on Carrefour de Larbre, personally. But top five seems like very doable to me. I'm going to whip through some of the big favorites on the other teams or leaders of other teams. Can't miss a Marlon Royce, huge engine uh, at Ali BTC Ljubljana. She... It was too hilly, I think, the other day at World Champs, or just too punchy, rather, for her. I, I think she is a huge, huge chance here. And she got Bart Bastianelli, Bujak, Kursina. Is Kursina the one that won the Burgos stage, yeah. Benji? Yeah, she's quite good as well. So, Was she a terrible descender? Yes. So I wonder and, about her technique. Yeah, true. Exactly. We will see. There will be, I think, a bigger divergence in technique here. Some riders like Chantal Vanderbrook Black, I think, has a huge advantage, as Benji mentioned. Uh, Brennau is obviously 100% leader for Seratizit WNT. I'm keen to see Faulkner at Team Tibco. At FDJ, though, Cavalli, Ludwig, who is the one there, Benji? We've often seen those two in groups, and I'm never sure which one is the actual protected leader. Uh, that's difficult to say for this parkour. I I have a hard time defining this because Cecilia Trupludwig is decent in, in uh, RVV. She's obviously a good puncher, but I'm not 100% convinced when it comes to the Roubaix parkour. And I think that's partially because of her build as a rider. But for me, Cavalli is likely the rider that will come out on top of those two on this parkour. What about, I can't see her name on the start list, Benji. She was called out for this race over and over and over, and I didn't like her shape before Worlds. She's not on the start list. Lucinda Brunt, she's 36th at Worlds. What's going on? I thought this was her one of her A targets. I don't know. I have no clue about that, so uh, yeah. I can't tell you. She's not on the start list. Uh, they've got Kodama Goal will probably go on a, an attack with a long way to go because that's what she enjoys doing the last few uh months when it comes to the race and it puts other teams in trouble and they have to start chasing and i think that's the same thing that is dworks is doing in a lot of races so i think that there's a lot of teams that have multiple of riders to do uh quite well here and i think that despite all that how much do we see uh the possibility of a rider that we are not calling out still happening because we can't know every possibility here but uh, uh Someone on Park Hotel, for example, uh, shaping up to be one of the one of the strong riders as well, for example, or someone at Next Gen Racing, the Shari Boside, for example. I think she's a 
a cyclocross rider as well. So Charlotte cool. all these uh what sorry? Charlotte Cool on NXTG, she beat Balsamo at that French race, didn't she? Yeah, Gone. but I think it was flat sprint or am I It was, it was. It was like a I'm not sure if it had little little climbs in it. I'm just saying she's a, you know, she's twenty two, yeah. she's talented, she's fast. That's a, that's a team to watch ben, that Benji called out, NXTG Racing. What about, we haven't mentioned her name, Benji, Elisa Balsamo, world champ on yeah. Valkar. She got around that world champs course. She's fucking fast. I think she's got good seated power too. Do you think she can make it round here? Yeah, I think she can. I think she's uh, potentially top 10 in this race, if not more, um, mainly because she already top 15 RVV and I'd argue that the hill part is the part of RVV that was not ideal for her and the cobble part is what she should be on paper pretty decent at and but up on Sapel she proved that by being in the breakaway as well uh Praves, not sure I would call that really a, a defining cobble race these days can we able him fourth she got over those hills yes it was a reduced bunch sprint but she got over it so she was able to sprint for it top 20 at Umlope she should be doing quite well here on this parkour and uh i can't wait to see it because uh oh i'm looking forward to see the world champion at the front of the race in roubaix to be honest i hope she wins because that <laughs> world champs oh. kit her long hair the pink bib shorts on valcar that thumbnail for my highlight video of Paris roubaix fm will look absolutely cracked uh it will pop in the uh in the search or the YouTube homepage. So I'm hoping Balsamo wins. Got Chiara Consoni and Guazzini there on Valcar. They're strong as well. I'm just looking through any other names. Sarah Roy, I think this is a race that should suit her as well, one would think. Uh, yeah. Yeah, sort of a classic Is she sprinter. in form these days, though? No, uh, not in great form, I don't think. And I was surprised by Genfevelchem result earlier in the year. We don't have Grace Brown. She's injured, unfortunately, and... Yeah, so she won't be here. Um, I'm looking. What about Nivia Doma, Benji? She's been the best puncher, pure puncher, I think, in the in the world this year in terms of a one k six percent climb, seven percent climb. Is she just too light? Do you like someone like Shabby or the Barn Sisters who may be bigger, a bit faster on the flat? It's hard to say. I honestly, uh, I'm so not sure about Nivia Doma. She had a decent RVV, also top twenty. Uh, when it comes to Kendra Evelchem, she was not in the first group there. So that's the one where I'm like, ah, that's uh, having some influence. But then again, she was going for the Hill Classics afterwards. So you can't be uh, informed for three months in a row unless your name is Roglic in certain years. And um, oh, I think <laughs> she is probably going to top 20, but these are the kind of questions that will be answered by the race itself and are impossible for me to answer right now because same story with Utrup Ludwig. I'm like, yeah, she loves gobbles, but can she get over them in Roubaix and finish in the top 10 of Roubaix? That's that's a good question and I'd love to see it, but I don't know it. And um, yeah, that's kind of uh, the questions we have right now. Um, do we see anyone on Drops the Call? Marjolaine von Tvelov or someone? Uh, Emilie Molberg, the oh, yeah. Norwegian. She's probably their best shout. She's fast. Uh, she, I think, is not someone you'd want to go to the velodrome with. She came, I'm trying to look for a result, fourth at Shell de Prey. She's quite fast. Um, so, yeah, watch out for her on Drops the Call. But I think, yeah, Marjolaine van Tvelov is probably better pure cobbler one would think. How do you think the tactics will play out, Benji? Which team is going to animate it in that first five-star sector, which is 
uh, oh, which is the one, Monson Pavel, uh, or will it be earlier than that? Do you think on the first cobble sections we have a four star as the first one? Do you think it will be SD works like a quick step we would expect in the men's race? I would expect one of the earlier moves indeed to have a, a secondary rider on SD works perhaps go already. And yep. perhaps Van den Broek Block stays a bit behind for now. Yeah. Uh, an Unikin, for example, a Majerusa Peters. Dora, I'm not sure what role she shall play because obviously behind, she I has think. a sprint. What, sorry? I think she'll stay behind. Uh, yeah. And Van den Broek Block, I expect to open up on a five star sector personally. Or if she goes earlier, that's uh, it's allowed. She may. <laughs> um, but I also see other teams doing exactly the same as ESD works here. There are good team here but they're not at the extreme top where it's like miles difference between other no, teams i've no. got a feeling that trek is also uh very strong at the start here and uh ale uh, ljubljana has bastianelli Reuser. those are also riders that usually do relatively well on a parkour like this i uh have no clue about guderzo i vaguely remember her uh being world champion but does she have great cobble history or am i being uh i mean an idiot right now she did well at the italian national champs uh not so good at the cobble classics earlier in the year though but yeah she's fast um i guess i think when as when said when majerus goes when amy peters or lonica unican goes in a move she will be followed by a Suzanne Anderson, a Pfeiffer georgie yeah. a florchi mckay on dsm or a call on regard marcus or a Marcus on Yamavisna, do not be the team to miss it because you'll be chasing and on the back foot. Yeah. And so that's how I think the early tactics will play out, similar to a lot of the classics this year. I think Shabby will be trying to get up there as well. And then as we get into the five-star sectors, maybe it's not going to be as linear as we're saying, we will see the big guns like Vandenbroek Black, like Van Dyke, Come to the floor, come to the floor and burn hour. I think <laughs> hopefully not to the floor. <laughs> not to the floor, hopefully. I think the three I'm gonna go with my podium now, Benji. Um, I think it'll be even solo. I think she'll go solo. I think I'm going for Lisa Brenau to win ahead of I mean, Chantal van der Broek, Black and Ellen van Dijk. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going to uh well that was my mine as well. <laughs> yeah, the three favorites, uh, I think. I'm going to uh, also go for Brenauer and second Vandenbroek Black and Ferv, it's either Van Dijk or Reuser for me. So I'll... Um, do I have to pick? I have yes, to pick, right? Of course right. you have to pick. I, I tried, okay. Like, I'm <laughs> trying to get out of this one. I, uh, I'm going to say Reuser on this one, out of, the, out of the four there. And there's probably going to be lots of riders that we are looking at and we're like, Ah, oh, we uh, are not sure they can do it and will suddenly pop up in the top 10 because uh, we just don't know it yet. And I'm looking forward to finding it out because not only might it be a wonderful race to look at, which it hopefully is, but it's also going to be an indicator of who's the bloody best cobbler in the peloton right now. Exactly. And I want to figure that out. And um, when it comes to all these riders, sure, luck is going to play a role because we know the weather is going to be Batshit crazy based on true current projections when it comes to rain and wind. And on one end, you're like happy that it's a rainy Roubaix, but on the other end, I'm a bit worried because we haven't seen them ride on the cobbles. I completely trust that they have the ability to do so. 
but I don't want it to be ruined by half of them crashing out. Yeah, which I could would like in to see. A, yeah, men's race as well, and I would like to see a a Roubaix that is fought by the best of them and won by the best of them. If that makes there, any sense. Got to remember the reason I went with Brenauer is both I liked her TT result in uh, the World Championships, and then her teammate. Uh, Maria Confalonieri, the Italian, 28 years old. She came sixth at GP Disberg. She did well um, at the road race. She was part of the lead out for Barosamo, making it deep into that race. That's good form yeah. for me. I think Van Dyke is the strongest flat rider in the peloton right now. I'm not sure that's really a controversial opinion. She won World yeah. Champs ITT <laughs> and is in crazy form. I just, she'll need at least it'll work for her, I think. Um, maybe in a few spots sort of set it up. I do think Trek is the most dangerous team in full. If if they all work together, I think Diagnan should work for Van Dyke personally. I think Van Dyke's their woman. Um, but yeah, any other last thoughts, Benji? Oh, honestly, just looking forward to it. It's a it's a race that is arguably one of my most hyped races of the season, and that's uh, cool that it's coming close. And hopefully, it's a very good race that we can all enjoy. And that has some tactics to talk about afterwards, because if it's just a very strong rider riding away from couple section one, then I don't know, <laughs> it might still be interesting as well, but it will mostly be impressive and we will sit here on the podcast afterwards. Well, okay, she rode away and uh, that's the end. And that's, I think, the danger with the parkour and why they tried to not make it with, through it at Amberg already, because they don't know what the effect of this parkour will be on the women's peloton. And I think that it currently is a good indicator on whether the parkour needs to be harder next year or not. Yeah, I think it's it could be a little bit longer for me. It could be 150. I prefer it to be yeah. 150, but maybe not, maybe not so many cobbled sections. I'd like it to be a four-hour-plus race. No need to be racing for... Three and a half. Uh, but anyway, I can't wait. This is emblematic of the, I think, ascent of women's cycling right now. We are getting the first Paris Bay edition, the biggest one-day race. I think people have said, oh, you don't want to, you know, why does women's cycling need to do follow the same mistakes as the men? Well, the, the reality is the, the biggest races that make the most money, draw the most interest in the men's and have the, most, the biggest name recognition are the races like Roubaix and like next year Tour de France Femme. When you give that brand, that brand value and you put it on women's cycling, it can only increase it. I saw that myself when I had, say, Liège women, Flesh women, Amstel women, those highlights, there was that name recognition on the videos on my channel didn't matter that it was the women's races and people clicked when it's a race they haven't heard of like maybe a healthy aging tour or something that it's not a historical race it's it's tougher whereas paris bay it's going to be a success i hope and tdfm next year but good luck to drops the coal they got some low-key dark horse riders in there and of course joss loudon tomorrow and we'll see you at the recap after paris bay fam as well as my highlight video until then ciao 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 